0: This is Pastor Mike, and I want to welcome you to the Life Fellowship Podcast. I know that the trials of the each of you experience can often feel overwhelming, and at those times, the enemy tries to bring discouragement into your life. Remember that in John sixteen thirty three, Jesus tells us to be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. Today as you listen, I pray that God's word ministers to you and that the power of the Holy Spirit deposits joy and peace into your situation. has got to be a centerpiece of our life. Other than your one-on-one personal walk with the Lord, church and the place of worship needs to be a centerpiece of your life. It's a place where you come in and you're able to experience the goodness of God. Just leave that up there if you will. Just, It's a place that you come in to experience the goodness of God. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, that God's glory, there is transformation of the saints. We are transformed from glory to glory. And because God saw that if they can see me, they may imitate me. You, You will imitate what you face all the time. If you face a fight all the time at work, boy, it got quiet. I can tell you what you'll do you'll go into work with a fighting attitude. Oh, come on, somebody. Who am I talking to this morning? You, if you, whatever you face all the time, you will begin to imitate. God set the tabernacle up and had them build their homes facing the tabernacle. He said, I know if I can influence them, if they will face me, I will be the biggest influence in their life. And I want to ask you today, what is influencing you the most? Influence is a big thing in the Christian walk that we have. It it just in our our life in general. I can remember uh, growing up uh, 10, 12, 13 years old. Uh, Everybody knows by now that I love to hunt and fish and stuff like that. And I had this thing. It was called the Gunner's Bible. And at that point in time, it was every gun in it that had ever been made the Gunner's Bible, and I would begin to pick out all the guns that I was going to have when I got to be 18 years old. The kind of clothes that I wanted to dress in, I knew what kind of pickup truck I wanted. I wanted a 1985 Silverado with a 350 in it. Just a great truck it was. I knew what kind of dog box I wanted on the back of my truck. It need to be diamond plated. I I begin I began to want to imitate Things that I looked at all the time. And I realized those things were neither carnal nor anything. They, they were just worldly things. But nevertheless, I began to live a life I wanted to imitate some of those things. And, and I did as I got older. I wasted way too much money on pickup trucks and dog boxes and guns and all of that type stuff. But you will begin to imitate whatever you face in your life. And I want to tell you, God is wanting us to turn our face towards him, towards his house and say God we want to imitate you. Well pastor I I, I don't know about imitating church. I, I'm just I'm done with organized religion I, I, I'm i just going to meet in my, I'm going to stay in my house and I, me and my four no more and I'm not much on organized religion has hurt me pastor. I, I've got a bad taste in my mouth. Well I tell you what you may have a bad taste in your uh, mouth for organized religion but I've eaten some restaurants or ate some food that I had a bad taste from, I went back to the table and ate again too. I don't. has anybody in here missed a meal has anybody missed a bunch of meals in the last week all of us have had bad food all of us have had something bad to drink but if you need nourishment bad enough it doesn't matter how bad it gets you will still go back and eat again I I ate a bad steak one time I got so sick that I almost died I had it was the worst case of food poisoning but you know what that doesn't faze me because when I want a steak now you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna buy me a steak and most often the biggest one that I can find and I want to tell you it's time that we allow things that are behind to be just like what Paul said whatever lies behind let it be behind but I'm looking at what lies ahead because I know God has a future and a hope and a plan for me whatever happened to you in church whatever happened to you in God's house that may have given you a bad taste can I tell you that Jesus came and overcame the World. he come, overcame everything that could ever come against you god is saying today face me again it, it, it's the first step if we're to experience god's glory in his presence he, he wants us to face him every person's house was built facing the temple Nothing. Nothing else. They didn't look at anything else all day. I'm gonna meddle right here a little bit. They didn't look. They didn't look at the ball game all day long. They didn't. They didn't spend every. They didn't spend five days a week at the kids' ball game. I knew. I knew. It'd be quiet there. It's okay. They they didn't stay at the hunting camp every week. I was gonna say every other week, but I moved on from that. Give give some people a bye right there. They didn't stay at the racetrack every weekend. No, they 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 stayed in front of God's presence. And I want to tell you you will begin to imitate whatever you face on a regular basis. And I want you to recognize this morning that just like all the tents were facing the tabernacle, God's meaning for us to meaning for us to arrange our homes where they also face the things of the Lord they don't need to face everything else it's okay to do other things but God said I want you to have me front and center of your life then the second thing I want you to see in this picture and you can see the, the gate right here and I'm going to talk about the gate next Sunday in, in, in my message but they had to come through a gate and listen we all if we're going to access the glory of God there's only one way is to come through a gate and his name is Jesus You can you can come any you can try to get here any other way you want to come. There's not a denomination that can get you in. There's not a preacher that can get you in. There's only one way to access the Shekinah glory of the Most High, and that's to come through His Son Jesus. Jesus is still the gate where we access the presence of the Lord. But before the gate, I I don't want to go too far there, but before we get to the gate, uh, you'll see that the tribe of Judah is stationed right in front of the gate. And Judah means praise. And I want you to recognize this morning we were singing that song. There are places in God you can never access unless you come through praise first. Just being a good Christian may not get you there. There, is, there are some things that you need to come through praise, and I am talking about radical praise. Well, Pastor, uh, we just weren't raised up on that radical praise. We were good old church of God, assemblies of God, Baptist, Pentecostal, Episcopalian people. I don't know where the Episcopalian come from, but anyway, if you're here this morning, you Episcopalian, welcome, welcome. But you had to come through praise to get there. We get the name of Judah from Leah's fourth son, Genesis chapter 29. Everybody knows this story. Leah was trying to find the love of Jacob. And all of a sudden when she has this child, she said, Now I will praise the Lord. Judah means praise. But it even goes deeper than that. Uh, this The root word in the Hebrew to Judah is yadah, which means to know intimately. We talked about this a little bit Wednesday night in Psalms 91 about intimately knowing. Psalms 91 verse 4 says, I will say. It's talking about praise again. I will proclaim. I will say with my mouth, the Lord is my refuge. He is my very present help in time of trouble. And now folks, I want to tell you this morning that there are places and victories that you will never have unless you learn how to get another gear with your praise. Now, we used to have some trucks. I don't even know I don't know if they have these now or not, but they used to have, we would call it a granny gear. Just anybody know what I'm talking about? It was geared down. Ex- now, if you grannies in here, don't y'all get mad and leave a church because I'm. It was just geared down really, really low and slow. And. It was real good for the long pull, and it would pull things nothing else would. And thank God for some of the grannies we got in the church. If they hadn't have been the prayer warriors that they've been, we wouldn't be where we are today. Amen. But I want to tell you that God is calling us to get in a new gear in our praise. God wants you to have some excitement in your step and recognize that there are places in praise that he's looking to take us to. You know, even when, they, when you're up against a battle and about to fight something in your life, if you look back in Israel's history, they would send the Levites out before the battle ever began. And do you know what they were doing? This sounds, this is crazy. They were getting ready to go fight people with swords and spears, and that was just some barbaric fighting. I mean, they, they're lining up getting ready to stab each other to death and all of a sudden the Israelite camp would begin to break out in praise They—they would imagine how dumb the enemy felt knowing that they were going to get beat before that battle ever took place how did they know it? They knew the reputation and I want to tell you it's time that the enemy begin to know your reputation that when you begin to lift up the name of the Lord when you begin to shout with your lungs and begin to say the Lord God even though I'm fighting a battle you are my refuge you are my help you are my hope you are my sword God I trust in you some trust in chariots and some in horses but I I will trust in the name of the Lord my God give him praise this morning there there's a place in praise that will begin to birth something in you. Is anybody ever just, you, you've been having a, a bad day, a bad month, a bad week, a bad year, but all of a sudden, you'll get out of your little pity party, and you'll finally put a little praise music on, and give it about 15 minutes from that, what happens? Something on the inside of you begins to stir. And you be. I can tell you what's happening. Something is being conceived. Something is being birthed. God is being beginning to bring something to fruition on the inside of you. And make no mistake about it this morning, the devil wants to keep you barren. The devil wants to keep you barren. The devil will fight you to hamper your praise. Listen, you think it's just because of your upbringing that you don't want to praise? That ain't it at all. There's a heaviness. I am convinced There's a heaviness. Even the psalmist eludes to this. He said, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. There is a heaviness that comes on you. It's that same heaviness you get when you say, I think I'm just going to spend some time in prayer. You get your little prayer room set up like that lady in the movie. You get all your stickers on your wall and begin to pray and Lord, I just thank you for all you're doing. I thank you for my wife and my children, my dog. And all of a sudden, what happens sometime with your mind? Is it just me, or if people sometimes do you just sometimes you just think I don't I don't know what to pray about? Is it just me, or does that happen to everybody? It's a spirit of heaviness that comes upon you because anytime you pray and time you praise, you are actually entering the battlefield and you are inflicting casualties in the camp of the enemy. And God is saying to us today, I want you to recognize that there is somewhere in your praise that I want to take you. Several things that praise will do in your life. <laughs> let, me, let me just ask you this first. How bad do you want to get behind the veil? I, I, this is a legitimate question. I want every person in this place to ask yourself this this morning. How Bad do you want to get behind the veil? I want to tell you, if your desire gets difficult enough or hard enough or passionate enough, you'll begin to say, God, whatever it takes, I'm moving in that direction. God, I'll do whatever it takes. Praise keeps you pointed in the direction of glory. Praise teaches me to turn my eyes off of my circumstances. Praise also keeps me from worrying about what everybody else thinks. Because I want to tell you something. If you ever get radical in your praise, there are going to be people in your family and in your church that are going to think that you have lost your mind. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine? If you ever, if, just think about that one person. Now, everybody just gets somebody in their mind that it would be funny to see them break out in a praise break. I'm picturing Jim Armstrong right now just breaking out in a praise break. But I'm talking about just losing it on radical praise. In praise it is, an, is an antidote you weren't, who cares what anybody listen, everybody else isn't living in the hell you're living in everybody else isn't fighting the same battle you're fighting and I praise for an audience of one I don't praise for Mark I don't praise for Joshua I I don't praise for anybody else, I praise for him and him alone and when you begin to recognize that if you would just begin to get in a new groove in your praise God can begin to break some things out in your life. Praise turns the head of the Lord. Chains are broken, bodies are healed, lives are restored. When you begin to get into praise, it gives you access into the inner court anyway. I, I tell you, standing on the outside looking in ain't never fun. I don't care where you are. You can be at the fair. You can be at the ball game or you can be in a spiritual experience, but standing on the outside looking in is never fun because I can tell you what we all do. I don't care what the activity is. If you're standing out and you're looking in and you're seeing what's going on on the inside, inside you're thinking, man, I wonder what it would be like to be in there. And church, I want to tell you this morning, you don't have to sit and wonder and worry Will I ever get inside? I want to tell you this morning that your praise is the point of access for many people in this house. I'm talking about praise like you've never had before. I don't care if they're singing the first song that was 100 years old or the last song that's five years old. I'm talking about that you come in, like Pastor Dalton said, with an attitude that says, God, I'm determined to get behind the veil. I want to see what it's like behind there. God, I want to know your character. I want to see your light, your majesty. God, I want to know who you are. And it's accessible through the blood of Jesus because the Bible says that he now is my high priest. And all things are possible through him. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. So as we look at this tabernacle, I want you to understand this morning, there are two things that are so important that you not miss. You see, when we talk about accessing the supernatural, and, and please understand me this morning, I'm not against going and hearing any preacher. If a great preacher comes to town, I'm not saying, if they're known for miracles and signs and wonders, I'm not telling you not to go see them. But we have become a generation that will chase down a man who seems to have miracles, when there is a God that has given access to you and I for behind the veil living, that I don't care who the man is, he cannot compare to what God can offer you and I. Everything in your life needs to be facing God's house and His presence, the things of the Lord. God orchestrated it that way. And I want to tell you, if you're looking to get on the inside, if you're looking to get on the inside, you're not going to get there any other way but through your praise. Listen, we're not smart enough to get there any other way. We can't figure everything out any other way. But I want to tell you, there's something about praise that begins to... It just allows you to skip over so much junk in your life. When The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people, that he, he desires praise so much that if you and I don't praise him, that the rocks, that's amazing to me, that the rocks, he will even cause to cry out in our praise. And God wants you to see this morning that your praise is the access place for you in your life. King David had a life... I love King David because his life represents mine and yours. Whatever kind of trial you've ever had, he's had it. He's had affairs. He's had children. He's had grown children die. He's had children turn against him. He's had little baby children that passed away. He's had wives that didn't like him. Wives that he didn't like. Listen, I'm telling you, his story... He said people that wanted to kill him. He said people that were jealous. But I want to tell you, I want to read this. Psalms 150, and I know I didn't give you this, Steve, but Psalms 150, I think King David sums it up perfectly. Eric, if you'd come. He said, praise the Lord. That's how it starts off. Praise the Lord. Praise him in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him in his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. And praise him with the lute and the harp. Praise him with the timbrel and the dance. Huh? Oh, I, look, I am going to tell you, you get some people dancing, you're going to have some church people saying, you know, that person right there, they, I, I don't know about that dancing. I, I'm just going to read the word today. Don't worry about my opinion of yours. Let's read this. Praise him with the stringed instruments and with the flutes. Now, I know, I'm pretty sure this verse here was probably stricken somewhere along the way. Praise him with loud clanging cymbals. I'm sure that couldn't be right today. Praise him with loud cymbals. And also praise him with clashing cymbals. And then he ends up in verse six, he said, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Can I tell you that praise is not optional in your life? Praise is not optional. Praise is not optional. If you and I are going to go to a new place in God, praise is not optional. Let's sing that new Hallelujah song. And this is what I want to do this morning. I'll come by and pray with anybody that comes this morning, but this is... Aren't you glad that God allows us to take baby steps? Isn't he an amazing God? He doesn't doesn't grab us and just drag us down and say, Now you do this and you're supposed to be here and there. He, He allows us to take baby steps. And I realized that it would be a baby step for many in this place just to walk down to the altar. And lift up one hand in praise in front of a whole congregation. It may be a baby step for you to stand in your seat. You may have never lifted your hands or clapped your hands to the Lord. It may be a baby step for you just to be right there where you are. And and get that hand up to about right here and say, God, I'm going to take a step. God, I'm going to take a step. Because I don't want my praise to hinder where I'm going. You see, where I'm going... It's on the inside. Where I'm going is where the supernatural takes place. Where I'm going is where the realm of the unexplainable is. I want to tell you, I'm tired of having church services that I can explain. I'm tired of having things that I can explain because God has things that are unexplainable, unimaginable for his children. in whatever place you're at this morning. They're going to sing this song. And I want to ask anybody that has a desire to access the next level. The next level of what, Pastor? Next level in your healing. Next level in your marriage. Next level in your prayer life. Next level in breakthrough. We're going to sing a song next Sunday called Breakthrough. Breakthrough. And I want to tell you what I believe. I don't believe there's one single person sitting in this place this morning. You don't need breakthrough somewhere in your life. Somewhere. Somewhere. that you need breakthrough. And if you could break it through, honey, you'd be done broken through by now. So that tells me that there's something else that needs to take place. And as they sing that song this morning, I want to ask everybody if you're looking to, to go in the direction that's going to lead you to the glory and the presence of God, you're looking to get to that behind the veil living. Even if you don't get all the way there today, if you say, Pastor, I, I, know, I know one thing. I'm just like Moses. I ain't sitting here. I want to go where his, God, where his presence is. That's where I want to go. By Moses' one request, show me your glory. I've never heard this preached. I've never heard it said, but I thought about this just just last night. Moses is the first man that ever saw the fingerprint, the literal fingerprint of God. The Bible says that when he was in the cleft of that rock, God said, I'm going to let part of my glory pass by you, and I'm going to take my hand, and I'm going to, I don't know how how big is the hand of god does anybody even know any theologians can tell me but moses is in the cleft of that rock and he he puts his hand up god puts his hand up to cover moses and moses is looking at the fingerprint of god with what awe and wonder that must have been can i tell you i want to see the fingerprint of god in my life I'm tired of seeing the... the, I want to tell you about the fingerprint of Mike. The fingerprint of Mike has got some flaws and some smears in it. But the fingerprint of God is so unflawed and so perfect in every way. And I want to tell you this morning that God is warning this church, this church... I don't care what they're doing down the road. God God hasn't made me responsible for that. I'm only responsible for this church. And he's calling this church to step in, get a little closer to the the behind the veil living. Because as we step closer, God's going to begin to reveal some things and do some things that we could have never imagined in him. Amen. As they sing this song, I want to ask you this morning, Whether you need to stand in your seat or whether you're bold enough to just come to the altar and begin to lift your hands, just lift up a praise. Shout a hallelujah out to God. Listen, he's done something in your life. He saved you. He saved you. He's restored you. He's given you a family. He's given you a hope. He's given you a dream. Come on. Come on. Fill this altar. Thank you for listening to our podcast here at Life Fellowship Church in Hearst, Texas. God is doing great things at our church, and we would like for you to be a part. Join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 6.45 p.m. Get connected with us through Facebook or our website at www.lifefellowshiphearst.org. Thank you, and God bless.